0: It's the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. T Wolves blow a 23 point lead. They lose to Chicago in overtime, 129 123. I got the expert, Jack Borman. He's going to help us break it all down. And it's all coming up next on the Lockdown Wolves Postcast.
1: You are Locked On Wolves Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's up? What's up? Back in the lab, back at it. Another T-Wolves Postcast episode right here on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's the man right there, Jack Borman. He's on Twitter, at J.R. Borman13. And, Jack, before we jump into all the fun action from tonight, quick reminder, tonight's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with America's number one sportsbook and official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers, you're getting $200 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. That's $200 when you bet just 5 Check it all out. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, man, here's your quick summary. Wolves up 22 at halftime. No big deal. Nice little cushion. 22-point lead Aunt and Cat looking the part of two All-Stars, both of them. They were on a mission early on. Wolves were locking down Chicago on the other side that first half as well. In fact, Chicago starts 2 of 12 from 3 in that first half, but Jack... Stop me if you've heard it before. Wolves let this team back into it. Bulls, give them credit. Scratch and claw their way to overtime. Wolves just run out of gas at the end. They lose another heartbreaker, 129-123. They drop to 35-16 on the year. Back-to-back games now, Jack, where we've watched them get out to these big leads early on and then watch the wheels fall off and just hand one away. Kick us off, though. What's your biggest takeaways? What's tomorrow's headline read in the uh, sports? Section and bigger picture, dude. How tough is it to stomach these kinds of games and watch some what would be wins turn into losses like this?
1: Yeah, I mean it we're conditioned to it at this point, right? With what we've seen from, from Tim Wolf's basketball in yeah. the last in the last few years, but yeah, I mean, some of it here you, you just gotta shake Kobe White's hand, man. Um he, he hit some crazy shots, he hit some shots from Uh, The suburbs that were that were pretty crazy. Um, Yeah, I think you just got to start with DeMar DeRozan and and Kobe White. Right. Um, For those two, uh, White had three points at at halftime on one of seven shooting. Uh, He has 21 in the fourth quarter. Uh, The Wolves scored 23 in the fourth quarter. So he almost outscored the Timberwolves in the fourth quarter by himself. 30 points on 10 of 14 shooting in the second half of overtime and overtime combined. Uh, DeMar DeRozan had 12 points at halftime. He has 21 points mm. on only three made field goals uh, in the second half and overtime. He goes 15 of 16 from the free throw line. Um, just, just doing an excellent job of drawing fouls. I think he's one of the guys that I, I think you kind of put in that Luka Doncic range of, you know, guys who are just excellent at legitimately drawing fouls and using pump fakes and footwork and, and everything inside the arc to to get to the free throw line. I mean, you think about I, I want to say the Wolves scored what was it here? Fifty one points in the fifty four points in the mm. in the second half and overtime. Uh, those two for the Bulls had fifty one, so they almost outscored the Timberwolves by themselves. Um, so I, I think you just kind of marinate on that. Uh, yep. Jeff's got it right there, which is, which is pretty tough. Um, yeah, but, and then the other big takeaway for me, right. Um, you know, the Timberwolves absolutely deserve to lo- lose this game. When you lose, uh, all the key areas that they lost, they lost points in the paint 56 to 40. They lost free throw attempts, 36, 32 to 26. They lost free throw percentage, 84 to 73. They lost fast break points, 26 fast break points given up to the bulls tonight while the wolves only scored 13. These two teams had the same amount of turnovers, 14, but Chicago scored more points off of them, 22 to 15. Uh, The only key area that the Timberwolves won was three-point shooting. Absolutely incredible three-point shooting from the Timberwolves tonight. They made a season-high 23-pointers out of 45 attempts. That's 44%. um, And the Bulls made made 12 um, three-pointers. But, again, all those pretty much came in the second half. I want to say the Bulls only had either one or two uh three pointers at halftime so for them to make you know 10 threes it was what the wolves did in the first half right um and, and so yeah those are the those are kind of the two big things right we can get into kind of some of the more nitty-gritty of the, the, the what, what tail of the two halves really, yeah for, for both can't oh my goodness for both cat and ant um yeah. and some more things like that but but again man some of it is you just got to shake uh the bull's hand for making some pretty tough shots but uh, you know. uh what you can't shake someone's hand about, right, is is this fourth quarter offense that has uh, just continued to to disappear on the Timberwolves, and, and we can talk about some symptoms of that problem. Um, but but I do think it might be time to to start adjusting some of our expectations for for what happens to this the Timberwolves team come you know April and and May or or however far you think this Timberwolves team uh, might go.
0: Yeah, harsh reality right there. Harsh truth to face. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I do want to talk about cat and ant for sure. I want to talk about the the fourth quarter crumbles that they've had, but I'm probably most curious about your thoughts on this defense. And I know you touched on a little bit, but that's the bread and butter of this team, right? That's their identity. That's what they're supposed to lean on in the hard times and in crunch time and they were, like you said, so dominant in the first half, man, suffocating. Bulls started 0 for 9 from beyond the arc early on. So, like, what were they doing in the first half, I guess, that helped them get out to that early lead? And and more importantly, what did you see in the second half from an X's and O's standpoint that helped Chicago rally all the way back down from 23 because they couldn't get a stop for their life as that game got into crunch time? Just great shooting. Just put your hands up and say, you know what, give credit where credit's due on Chicago, or was there more to it?
1: Yeah, I definitely think there was more to it. Uh, I mean, if you if you look in the first half, I mean, the Chicago team is a team that doesn't space the floor very well. They're one of the worst five shooting teams in the league. They're one of the worst five uh, three-point shooting teams in the league. I believe they're bottom five in free-throw attempts. Um, and, and without Zach Levine, obviously, they're just a much less dynamic team. And your start, the, the Bulls decided to start two centers uh, against the Timberwolves tonight, and the Wolves did a great job of playing a really tight shell defense. Uh, playing in the gaps on Kobe White and DeMar DeRozan was a big reason why neither of those two guys really got much of anything going uh, in the first half. And, and so that was that was something that was really good, that the Bulls team is also a team that didn't really score much in the paint. Um, so uh, I, I thought the Timberwolves did did an excellent job of of kind of forcing Bulls drivers to, to the middle of the floor where, you know, the Timberwolves. Uh, could use their length and kind of take away some passing lanes that did a good job of forcing turnovers early. It's just that, you know, like this Timberwolves team has all season, they've really struggled to to score more points off of turnovers. And I think that's something that, um, you know, has got to frustrate them. I think they probably left seven, eight, nine, ten points uh, off turnovers um, out there tonight just because, you know, we, we saw Jaden had a couple of really uh, inopportune turnovers in transition, which was unfortunate. But again, you know the Timberwolves did a great job of of not allowing the Bulls to take threes early in this game, Um, and the threes that the Bulls did take were were pretty tough contested threes, uh, you know near the end of the shot clock, and and guys uh, that they want to have taking threes uh, were taking threes and um you know when you play like that and and then you you know you have an analytical defense right you're forcing uh, a lot of mid-range shots you're you're not allowing threes in the corner you're not allowing the other team to get to the free throw line um you know just if you can force teams to do that chances are you're going to have a really strong defense and then when you uh you know just combine the playmaking that the timberwolves have all over the place defensively um they did a, a really good job of of just kind of preventing the bulls from getting into any type of offensive rhythm. Um, And and that just totally didn't happen in the second half. I thought that they let Kobe white walk into way too many wide open threes. Um, They didn't do a good job of, of getting out on the shooters, especially um, you know, guys who were playing off the ball that were uh, two passes away, did a really bad job of paying attention to the ball. And we saw uh, some skip passes, um, you know, pretty standard, just, Oh, that guy's wide open. Let me just throw him the ball because the defender's not paying any attention um, so you saw some wide open catch and shoot threes like that. You saw some really poor discipline and closeouts that allowed guys like Vucevic and, and DeMar DeRozan to attack off the bounce and get to the free throw line, um, you know, or get to that little short mid range shot that the, the bulls did a, a great job of uh, connecting on tonight. We, we normally talk about this as a huge positive for the wolves, but tonight it was a negative um, Chicago shot 14 of 25, 56% um, in, in, in that four to 14 foot range. Um, And then if you want to just look at everything inside of 14 feet, uh, they made 32 shots inside of 14 feet. And I I obviously don't have the the numbers for uh, each game of the season in front of me, but I would, I would be shocked if that wasn't a season high in terms of allowing 32 um, made shots inside the free throw line. Um, So I I think for the Timberwolves, then, you know, when, when you're giving these guys runways to open shots and, uh, and just, Playing really poor, poorly disciplined defense, I think it allows guys that that struggle early on in the game to kind of find some confidence, get a rhythm. It gets the crowd back in the game. Um, you know, they pretty quickly got this game down inside of you know 15 points. and Then 15 points became 11 points, and then eight points. And then um, you know, I thought too in that third quarter, the Timberwolves got really three point happy. I think 13 of their their 23 shots in the third quarter were three pointers. Um, you know, you, you got to you know give credit to Nas Reed, Nikhil. Uh, Jaden all made some timely threes, but I thought that they just didn't make the defense work very hard in that third quarter. And, and when you're playing, uh, you know, undisciplined defense on one end, uh, you know, not making the defense work on the other end, it just kind of feeds the momentum machine, right. That that you saw play out tonight. And then that sets you up for another fourth quarter when they've been leading. I, I don't know what the Timberwolves record is. <laughs> if you want to isolate it into, you know, the last month, seems like every single time they've had anywhere from a seven to 12 point lead going into the fourth quarter, they've lost the game. I don't know what it is about that kind of danger zone, but, but again, you you saw it happen the other night. You saw it happen tonight where the Timberwolves make a three right away. That happened against the magic. Carl made a three right away to, to get it back to double digits in this game. Mike makes a three right away to get it back to, uh, to double digits. Uh, And then things just kind of started unraveling from there and we can get into you know, a little specifically of, of what happened in that fourth quarter. But, um, I don't think this game was on Chris Finch in any way. I I know that people want to, you know, condemn Chris Finch for this, but the Timberwolves ran a lot of plays in the fourth quarter and overtime. That was not the problem tonight. It was just, it was just their, their execution, uh, on those plays, but uh, I'll let you kind of decide where where you want to go from here. Well,
0: yeah, we got a lot to talk about for sure. And obviously only so much time, about 20 minutes or or less, but you know, something real quick, I just want to touch on because there's a lot of chatter in the stream about the rest tonight or the lack thereof. If if you missed it, Tony brothers, the official left with an apparent Achilles issue. So uh, I'm curious just how much, did the fact this game only had two rests for that second half play a factor and and dictate the game, you think? Because I know the technical with a minute left on slow-mo, who's chirping on the bench, by the way, was something you usually see them swallow the whistle for. And again, I don't know what was said and, and you know, the magnitude of that. But maybe when you're down a man as a ref, you're trying to do a little bit too much. But that one point from that technical obviously came into play at the end when you go into overtime instead of being up one. And I, I know – I don't like to sit here and talk about the refs night in and night out. We don't usually do this, but I think it deserves at least a little bit of attention tonight.
1: Yeah. I've never seen that call ever. Uh, I've seen a lot of terrible calls against the Timberwolves. I've seen the Jersey untucked Chris Paul, Oklahoma city game (laughs) is probably like number one, worst call I've ever seen in in my life. But that one is up there. Uh, But again, like if we want to point fingers at the officiating, Carl Anthony towns missed a technical free throw shot in this game on a, on a, uh three three second defensive three seconds call i believe he makes that like you could say the same thing the timberwolves win this game right so um you know know, shea flores is a new or is a new nba ref this season they refed in the wnba last season and the season before that i thought they were one of the the worst officials in the wnba and got called up to the nba this season so that gives you an idea of how desperate uh, the NBA is for, that's crazy for new officials. Wow. Um, that's just kind of the state of affairs right now. Um, and so I, I really don't think that the officiating was like the reason or really a reason why they lost the game. Like obviously there was that Kobe white moving to his left thing on Ant when they were down five, but the game was kind of already over at that point. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I, I can't even really think of that many like missed calls that, mm-hmm really were seismic in this game i just you know there's some games where that they it really feels like they turned the tide of the game but i just don't think that was the case fair enough no I think you laid out
0: yeah I think you laid out some great examples of obviously yes it was frustrating (laughs) at times being down a ref but at the same time plenty of other things that we can point to as well including the clutch numbers man the Wolves clutch numbers have plummeted dude they were one of the best in the league until January kind of came and went they've been way out of sync man the last four or five weeks in the fourth quarter Bulls obviously come back from that 23 point deficit tonight Uh, they lose to Orlando by two they blow that 17 point lead the game before what's the deal i mean what what's what's been the biggest issue in that department from what you've seen and and how do you just stop the bleeding at this point like what's happening late in games that's causing them to crumble like they have?
1: yeah i think that uh you know i i want to say that the biggest issue is anthony edwards playing point guard or initiating all this offense mm-hmm. um but you know there's also kind of maybe it's a chicken and egg problem here where you know i think and it tends to handle the ball and initiate a lot of offense when the game gets close, right. When we're kind of in that clutch time, uh, you know, range game within five points with five minutes or less to play in the game. Um, But we've also seen some problems from that first lineup that the Timberwolves have thrown out there uh, in that fourth quarter. And, And tonight in that fourth quarter lineup to start, you had, Conley, Alexander Walker, Kyle Anderson, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert, they were minus five in just under three minutes of play. I have no idea why Jaden McDaniels is not part of that group, mm-hmm. uh, just for spacing. I, I think that um, we, we've seen the slow-mo and Gobert minutes, even with three guys that can shoot around them. Um, its I, I don't know what it is about Chris Finch and Kyle Anderson and, and his refusal to just let go of that. You know, I think Kyle Anderson is a fine player. He's obviously had his struggles. Guys in the locker room really look up to him. He's a great dude. Uh, his defense is really important. But I just, I don't think you can justify playing him in the fourth quarter right now unless it's an offense-defense swap, you know, late in the game. And um, it, it's unfortunate. But so so I think you have that problem, right? Where the first lineup that's out there doesn't do a good enough job of holding or extending the lead, which then puts more pressure on Edwards when he comes back into the game with, you know, eight minutes left seven minutes left and feels like he needs to do everything himself. Right. Which is unfortunate. I think a lot of the wolves best offense with Ant specifically comes when he's playing off of the catch, right. When he can get it on what they call the second side. And uh, there just wasn't a whole lot of that in the fourth quarter, the wolves ran a lot of plays, but um, You know, it was more Ant initiating those plays with double double drag screens to try to get the ball to Carl, um, or to get the ball to Ant uh, more than he could attack off of you know screens. And he just didn't do a good enough job making reads. There were plenty of times where he collapsed the defense uh, and missed shooters who were wide open, either one or two passes away. Which was unfortunate. If you're going to do the work to collapse the defense, you've got to make the defenses pay. And we saw Ant do such a good job of this in the fourth, or you know, in in big moments down the stretch of last season and into the playoffs. Uh, he's been phenomenal in those situations. But, but Ant just really did not see the floor all that well tonight. I thought, uh, you know, had some had some turnovers that came at at bad times, forced some tough shots, and just dribbled the ball way too much, man. Um, I mean, you want to look at ant ant only had five points i believe after the 335 mark uh of the of the third quarter when he had 30 points um or or maybe seven points excuse me uh after that point um and you know i think it was just a, a tale of two halves for the wolves stars right i mean those two guys scored 41 points 41 of the 60 points in the second half uh and then um, you know, in the second half, just really, really struggled to get it going. Um, you know, Carl had 15 points in the second half in overtime, made some huge shots in the fourth quarter, but um, neither of those guys really were consistently, you know, able to, to find any type of rhythm, score off the dribble, score off the catch. Uh, it, was, it was just a struggle for both those guys. And I think it, it's frustrating for Wolves fans, no doubt, when you saw how complimentary those guys were playing, playing off of one another just totally dominating the game in the first half and then it completely goes away in the second half i certainly think that anthony edwards playing point guard rather than an off ball guard has a lot to do with that um so i i really am just kind of out of solutions at this point because the wolves ran a ton of scripted offense in the fourth quarter and overtime there were plenty more possessions where they ran plays to try to get guys the balls in spots where they could attack and and guys just weren't able to make plays they either missed reads or missed shots and and it was un it was unfortunate to see um and then you compound that with uh you know lacking defensive discipline and uh an ability to rebound right um there were there were so many possessions that the wolves just struggled to um you know the wolves just struggled to close out in this one i mean 13 offensive rebounds allowed for for 16 second chance points that that makes it makes it pretty tough um so all right plenty more deep dive including
0: some more trade scenarios with the deadline coming up and that's all coming up right after this Quick reminder, tonight's episode brought to you by FanDuel. You got to make every moment more with America's number one sportsbook and official sportsbook partner, of the NBA Right now, new customers, you're getting $200 in bonus bets when you place any $5 wager. That's $200 in bonus bets when you throw down just $5 on any bet. And you don't even have to win. You will not find a better promo than this all year long. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on all the action. The app, it's so easy to use, and they got everything you need money lines we're talking parlays we're talking prop bets over unders you name it they got it FanDuel's got everything you need to bet on the entire NBA season and it's by far the easiest and simplest betting app to use go check it out for yourself visit FanDuel.com slash locked on that's FanDuel.com slash locked on today America's number one sportsbook FanDuel official partner of the NBA Okay, let's switch gears here a little bit. Running out of time, about 10 minutes or less. Uh, We're getting down to crunch time with this trade deadline approaching. I know Tim Conley could be interested in maybe a backup point guard just to maybe help save Mike Conley's legs for the long stretch. First off, who's even a realistic option that's available and attainable within the, the confines of the Wolves cap space and assets that they have to play with? And of those guys... Who's near the top of your wish list that, you know, fit best with the Wolves roster and what they need right now?
1: Yeah, I think the Timberwolves, you know, I, I completely understand that philosophy of, you know, wanting to be able to kind of manage Conley's minutes a little bit and, um and get another ball handler in there. But um I, and, you know, we've heard point guard, point guard, point guard is what they're looking for in the trade market. I just think they need, need more scoring and spacing and shooting. Right. So Alec mm-hmm. Burks is up there at the top of the list for me. Um, Royce O'Neal is another one who uh, the Timberwolves have been linked to um, that I think would be uh, a really good fit is a guy that has experience playing on both ends of the ball through to go Mike Conley Um you know, I don't think Luke Kennard is a guy uh, that the Wolves will be able to get just because he's in that that 14 to 16 million dollar salary range that's just really tough for the Timberwolves to match. Um, John Krasinski reported today that the Timberwolves are likely to not move Kyle Anderson mm. uh, which which makes a lot of sense to me. So then the the three real outgoing pieces that you have uh, in terms of salaries to match are Troy Brown Jr., uh, four million dollars, Shake Milton at five million dollars and then Um, Wendell Moore Jr., who I believe I want to say makes like 2.3 or something like that, and so, um, something just to keep in mind for those of you who are playing around in the trade machine, uh, the Timberwolves cannot are not going to go over the luxury tax this season, and something that most fans do not know is that if Mike Conley plays in at least 60 percent of the Timberwolves playoff games, he will earn a 1.5 million dollar bonus um that is currently uh classified as an unlikely bonus Um, and unlikely bonuses do count towards the luxury tax uh if they are earned and so uh the timberwolves currently have about 2.3 million dollars in luxury tax space um and if you you know are interested in in buyout guys as well um let's say the timberwolves signed a buyout guy on friday right the day after the trade deadline that player would cost about $759,000 for the rest of the season. Um, so the Timberwolves would need to have, you know, roughly, um, you know, that that 1.5 million in luxury tax space for Mike Conley's bonus, assuming that he'll get that. And then another 759,000, um, you know, in, in space. So, for, for the Timberwolves to do that, they'd, they'd probably need, um, you know, whatever that ends up coming out to, like $2.2 million in luxury tax space uh, after they make any type of trade, right? And so that's why you're hearing Wendell Moore Jr.'s name in uh, in some of these trade talks, because the Timberwolves could trade uh, Shake Milton and Troy Brown Jr. and get up to that $9 million point, right? But you look at guys like Alec Burks, who are just above $9 million, he's like 103 Uh, Royce O'Neal is just above $9 million. Uh, Monty Morris is just above $9 million or kind of the three guys I'd like to see the wolves pursue. Mm -hmm. But then the the risky run is if you bring that guy in, you're then not going to be able to stay under the luxury tax. If Mike Conley uh, hits that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that unlikely bonus and you want to bring in a buyout guy. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. a lot of the, um, the, you're right. The Wolves do have 822 or whatever it is. I, I think it's whatever it ends up being. But the problem is that, um, it, let's say you want to take in a guy who- like There's Martin no wiggle
0: Morris. room. You yeah, got no there, wiggle there's room. no wiggle
1: room. So you sure. can't take, take more money in than you send out. And so what I could see the Wolves doing is trading Wendell Moore Jr. for- a guy that makes slightly less than Wendell Moore Jr. to buy another two hundred thousand dollars in luxury tax space, so that they could go out and get a buyout. Because trading Wendell Moore Jr. versus not could be the difference between buyout, no buyout guy. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind. But um, yeah, the three guys that are atop my trade wish list for sure are uh, Alec Burks, uh, Royce O'Neal, and Monte Morris. Um, and, and it'll be really interesting to see what the Wolves do. You know, they could also be a player in the, in the buyout market. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry, we've all thought that he was going to go to Philadelphia. He's from Philadelphia played for Nick nurse in Toronto. Uh, it, it, you know, went to Villanova, um, but now with the Joel Embiid injury, Joel Embiid very well could be up the rest of the season. Does Kyle Lowry. Want to go there? Not sure. He played under Chris Finch for half a season in toronto um you know john john krasinski also men- mentioned doug mcdermott is a buyout guy plays for the spurs right now would would fit really well you know in handoff actions with rudy gobert just as a spot up catch and shoot guy um you know guy they could run some malik beasley type plays for that, that chris finch certainly still has um you know <laughs> in the back of his mind ready to ready to unleash so it'll be really interesting to. Um, to see what ends up happening, considering, uh, you know, how many moving parts there are.
0: Right. A lot of variables. Quiet And
1: kind of how yearly quiet this trade deadline is. You know, normally we see a couple of trades happen by now. We haven't seen that. Um, So it'll be it'll be a fun next, uh, you know, 38 hours or whatever it is uh, until the deadline. Yeah, is that is that For all we got? Forty-two hours? I don't know. Well, I, wow! Oh man, with these migraines, man. I can't. I can't quick, do man. math. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So. I won't. I won't. Uh, <laughs> I won't do that to you. Uh, gun to your head, though. You gave us three great names to at least jot down and keep in the back of your mind. Gun to your head, though. Odds the wolves actually make one of these moves? Like, is it all wishful thinking? Or, or 95
1: percent? Okay. Um, all right. I, I think it's uh, inconceivable to me that the wolves would would stand pat at the wow. trade deadline okay. and not do anything. Um, I I would, you know, I I don't know if it'll be one of those three guys necessarily, but sure. But you um, you think they're definitely going to make a move? I would say there is a ninety percent plus chance that okay uh, the Wolves make some sort of move at the trade deadline. I like it. All right, coming up, we're going to preview the Wolves Bucks
0: on deck, and that's all coming up right after this. Quick reminder: Tonight's episode brought to you by BetterHelp. What are some things you want to keep the same about yourself or about your life? In 2024, where are you already crushing it? Try ditching all the New Year's resolutions and start expanding on what you already do right. Maybe that's organizing the closet or the garage. I know that's something I'm terrible about. Well, therapy can help you find your best strengths and maximize your own specific skill sets so you can finally ditch all the extreme resolutions. Instead, therapy can help you make changes that really stick this time over the long term once and for all. If you've been thinking about starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your time frame. And it's so easy, guys. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched up with a licensed therapist and... You can switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. It's time to start celebrating the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com/lockdown nba to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp h e l p.com/lockdown nba. Okay, couple minutes left here. Uh Bucks on deck. Obviously, they're one of the best in the league for a reason. Currently third in the East behind Boston and Cleveland. Uh, that Giannis-Lillard combo, though, it's got to be one of the nastiest one-two punches in the NBA, I would think. Uh, give us a quick little tease as far as what to expect out of that matchup, where the Wolves need to win and attack to give themselves the best chance Thursday.
1: Yeah, uh, the, the Wolves really need to attack the perimeter uh, of the of the Milwaukee Bucks defense. Uh, Dame Lillard and Malik Beasley is... One of the worst starting backcourt combinations I think you could possibly come up with. Uh, if you if you had a blank slate of every NBA player, um, uh, you know every guard tandem available, <laughs> um, and, and I think with the way that those two guys struggle, uh, it's going to be really inter- interesting to to me who guards Anthony Edwards. This is a game where Anthony Edwards absolutely needs to uh, you know get into the paint and, and attack the interior of the defense because he's going to have a pretty easy time getting past the first line of defense. Um, This is another game where um, you know Rudy Gobert is going to guard Giannis Antetokounmpo, most likely. He's going to play off of Giannis, and there are going to be guys that are going to need to do a really good job of helping, uh, because that's not a matchup that Rudy Gobert can take by himself, especially when Giannis drives and gets inside to the rim. Uh, So the Timberwolves are going to have to do a good job on the backside of the defense, that low man rotation that we'll see. So Jaden McDaniels, Nas Reed, Carl Anthony Towns uh, are going to need to keep their head on a swivel and do a good job of rotating on the backside of the defense. But uh, again, this is going to be a game where Mike Conley, uh, Anthony Edwards, Keel Alexander-Walker uh, are all going to have to do a good job uh, uh, of really you know, just attacking the perimeter of the defense, uh, flying around screens, uh, making good reads when they get past the, the first line of the, the defense. So uh, it sounds like Chris Middleton got injured tonight for the Bucks. Obviously, he's a mm. he's a he's the kind of the wow. third banana of, of that group uh, with with Giannis and Dame. So it'll be interesting to see if he plays. Um, but but this is a team that's been one and three since uh, Doc Rivers took over. Uh, albeit all the games have been on the road. So this will be a uh, uh, the, the home debut for Doc Rivers, who, who played his college basketball at Marquette. So it'll be kind of a homecoming for him. Um, but the Bucks have been terrible defensively. They haven't been very efficient offensively. And Damian Lillard's been really, really up and down uh, of late. So it'll be interesting to see whether his shots are, are falling or not, because we all know what he can he can do when his shots are are falling. He can put them up uh, in, in quite a hurry. So it'll be a fun game, I think.
0: Uh, Well done tonight, as always, my friend. Wolves lose a 23-point lead, fall to the Bulls in overtime, 129-123. They drop to 35-16. They stay tied for first place thanks to an OKC loss to the Jazz tonight as well. Shout-out to Utah. Much appreciated. Needed that. Trade deadline, as you mentioned, just hours away, so we'll keep you posted on that as well next time on the road again, Thursday versus the Bucks. Tip-off for that one, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. As always, Huge shout out to everyone that joined us in the stream tonight. Always love all the feedback, the engagements, the comments after every game. And rest assured, we'll be back each and every game, same time, same place, right here to break it all down. Quick reminder you got to go check out all of Jack's work on Twitter at JRBorman13. And make sure you check out the full crew on the Minnesota basketball party. That's each and every Wednesday. You got Sam Ekstrom, uh, Gophers legend Ron Johnson, Carol Evans Reggie Wilson, and Don't forget Ben Beacon, always ripping it up over on the Locked on Wolves podcast each and every day as well. That'll do it for us tonight, though. He's Jack Borman. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Until next time, signing out.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.